This is your radio home for New York Rangers hockey. WEPN-FM, New York, a good karma brand's radio station. This is New York Game Day, presented by Bet365. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. Slowman's low prices, zero sacrifices. For 100 years, Slowman's has been a staple in home comfort. Call 1-866-OIL-DEAL. And by Nissan, you deserve a car that thrills you. And Nissan's got an exciting full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at Nissan.com today. Welcome back. New York Game Day, Hour 2 here on 98.7 ESPN. Anita Marks, Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Jordan Renan, who covers the Giants, joining us now. So, Jordan, good morning, good morning. Welcome in. Uh, let's kick off. Again, love love having you on, getting us our, you know, our Giants fill uh, as we get closer, of course, to the Super Bowl. Uh, I guess the latest is Giants offensive coordinator Mike Kafka blocked from interviewing for the Seahawks offensive coordinating position. Uh, so kind of give us, give us the deets. What's going on there? Yeah. I mean, obviously my cop got impressed in his interview in Seattle. I think I said that last week. He had a legit chance to get that job. Obviously it went to Mike McDonald, who was the uh, Ravens defensive coordinator. But now uh, they put in a request for Mike Kafka to be their offensive coordinator, the Giants reportedly denied that. Uh, what it does say to me is that you know, Mike uh, Mike Hopka might not be calling plays this year, right? And that, that kind of is what sticks out to me because if he went through this whole process with Seattle and you know they decided, okay, well, maybe we could get him as our offensive coordinator, uh, they must have known something that hey, maybe he could be available or he would want to be available, actually. And uh, – the reason for that would be that, hey, you know what? Maybe Brian Dable is going to be calling the plays this year. Now, we don't know that yet, but that's uh, something that I, I have a, I, I just have a, a gut feeling of at this point if, if, because that, that, that's what Mike Kafka came to do. So I think that's, uh, that'll be something to keep an eye on here is with the Giants. Uh, who is their play caller this year? Uh, of course, Mike Kafka did it most of last year. There were times where he was taken away from him. Uh, Brian Dable took over at a time. Uh, Shay Tierney, the quarterback coach, took over at a time. So uh, who calls the plays going forward here or does Brian Dable just take it over completely and say, hey, the pressure's on us in year three. Now I'm going to be the one that if I'm going down, I'm going down swinging with me being the one running this offense, calling the plays, et cetera. Yeah, Jordan, just a quick follow-up on that. Actually, I kind of saw it differently, which was, when they blocked Mike Kafka from going to Seattle, presumably mm-hmm. it's because he's going to call plays because if he wasn't going to call plays, they would, in my, like, just being in that seat, would I would let him go. So, to me, like, when I saw that, like, I, I thought, like, okay, they're going to he, – he'll be the primary play caller. Mm. Yeah, see, here's the thing. Seattle just spent all this time going through this process with them. I would think that they would know – you know, what the deal is there. And if he was calling plays, then they, they would probably wouldn't have requested him and knew that that wasn't realistic. So I, I don't know. Uh, there's definitely some unknown there. And it's something we'll find out a little bit more of going forward, but it's definitely something to keep an eye on with the Giants. So, so just, just out of curiosity, like, you know, it's, it's been, you know, well reported that the rift uh, between Brian Dable and his staff 
uh, does this cause more rift? Uh, you know, are, are, are we looking at Kafka, if, you know, being blocked? Is is he upset? But, you know, just hypothetically speaking, Jordan, if, if you're correct and, you know, he's listed as a, the offensive coordinator, but yet Brian Dable is going to be calling plays. He's got an opportunity to go to another team and call plays and he's being blocked to do so. Would, would that cause more rift in, in this coaching staff with Dable? I would imagine it would. I, I, I wouldn't be too happy. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would be thrilled. But also at the same time, is he's under contract and this is his job and he does it. I mean, and he'll, he'll do it. And, you know, it's one more year and, you know, they'll, they'll all move on afterwards. So uh, it won't be the first time that a coach, and, and Mike could probably speak to this probably better than, than we can, uh, isn't exactly thrilled with what's going on and, and, you know, just kind of filling out their, their contract. But, you know, the Giants, first of all, remember, if Mike Hafka does get a, a head coaching job, uh, it's been reported that they do get compensation for that because he was, he was a minority. He, he's uh, part Puerto Rican, I believe, is, is, uh, is from his grandma. So there's that part of it, too. Hey, this is a, sort of an asset to them. Why let him go? And, and then if you let him go for a lateral job, you don't get anything in return. So uh, I do think this is, these, these are all parts of the equation here. So this is the Rooney Rule, huh? <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's a there's like a a benefit to it, right? If if uh, one of your coaches does go and and get a job, and Mike Kafka was close, but he was definitely a finalist there in Seattle. So yeah, I, I, if I'm Mike Kafka, um, you know, you wouldn't be the first coach that's upset with their position. Like, I don't. I think it's a misnomer that all these coaches are just happy and they're you know just living their best lives I mean I think a lot of them coaches like players are trying to be the number one person and uh sometimes I mean Mike Kafka's super young like I, I remember when I was doing the uh, uh, Big Ten Network he was a quarterback at uh, Northwestern so <laughs> he's a lot younger than I am so I think he has a plenty of years left to worry about getting a head coaching job just the fact that he's yeah, probably in his early 40s 30s yeah, the fact that he's, he's still in his thirties, yeah, yeah, still in these thirties, he's and then he's getting opportunities for a head coaching job. It's not an if, it's a when he gets his opportunity, and I think uh, it's good for him, man. I think he's doing a great job in terms of putting himself in a position to be a head coach uh, by his performance. Um, I, I mean, I, I think he has a great, great future for him, and I don't think you need to rush the future. Uh, but in that sense. Um, uh, do you think Mike, I think he's a professional and I don't think that he's going to let this affect his, um, his, uh, his performance or his preparation. So I think this is all a moot point. I mean, I think we're talking about is a coach happy and you know, most people in the NFL aren't happy. Most people want more. Mm -hmm. And so I, I just look at this situation as just, this is the reality of the NFL. I mean, you could even look at Brian Dable before Brian Dable came here. Uh, his relationship with Sean McDermott has been reported has, was, wasn't great. Uh, you know, the Giants actually, Joe Judge wanted him as his offensive coordinator. Uh, who knows if Brian Dable would have, you know, jumped at that opportunity if he was able, but he wasn't able now. He was still calling plays in Buffalo. So uh, I guess that wasn't necessary for him. But at the same time, it's been reported and it's out there and you saw you saw that ice cold handshake between Brian Dable and Sean McDermott. Yeah. Uh, it looks like it, it's pretty clear that that relationship wasn't great by the time he was leaving, but, uh, you know, he went and 
he obviously did a good enough job or propelled him into a head coaching position. Yeah, I, I just I just think that it's it's the NFL's it's it's a prickly league, you know. Anytime you're in there, you're 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 doing your job, you're doing well, but it's not like everybody around you is enjoying what you are enjoying. So, but when but is there any updates on the giant coaching situation? I mean, the the what's the update from the time the last time we talked? Has there been in any yeah. updates? Let the fans know, but uh, let the let the listeners know what's happened in terms of um, new coaches, hires. Um, yeah, just let us know. Catch us up to speed on what's going yeah. on this offseason so far. I think they're recalibrating on the defensive coordinator front. Uh, they, from what I heard, uh, two guys they kind of were looking at did not work out. Uh, now I'm not exactly sure who those two guys were, but I mean it's pretty. We saw what happened this week. Denard Wilson went and took the job in Tennessee. He had a connection to Rand Carthon, the general manager there. Uh, and so that kind of was a move that the Giants knew was a possibility. So they missed out on him. Bobby Babich is another guy that they were very interested in. He ends up taking the de- defensive core, was promoted, I'm sorry, into the defensive coordinator job in Buffalo. So now the Giants are sitting here and they're sort of having to recalibrate. And that's why it's taking a little longer than expected. Uh, and then, are, there, are, are there any names to keep an eye on? You know what? I, I, Jerome Henderson's the in-house candidate, and a lot of people think that's you know that's the way this is going to go. But if it was, it makes me think, hey, um, they could just do that anytime, right? Why are we why are we sitting here right now dragging along? So to me, the name to watch would be Brandon Daly, uh, the linebackers coach from the Chiefs uh, to see if that can happen moving forward. Uh, now, we'll see if it, if it does ultimately happen, but uh, that's the one that I'm looking at and saying, you know what, this makes the most sense at this point of why we're sitting here and things are kind of on a hold because the Giants are intrigued by him and uh, would at least probably maybe like to talk to him again. Again, uh, Jordan Renan joining us here on 98.7. Uh, ESPN, uh, the Jordan Renan Report, brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Ten top brands, over 2,000 vehicles, one place, Sansone Auto Mall in Woodbridge. Um, as we get closer, of course, to the NFL season ending, it means the combine's right around the corner. We've got to talk about the draft. Uh, free agency starts ticking up. I'm, I'm hearing and, and reading a lot about potentially Michael Pittman. So with that being said, heading into, of course, the Combine free agency, what are some of the names out there that Giants fans should keep an eye on with some connections to the Giants? Yeah, I mean, Michael Pittman's an interesting one. Obviously, they need a wide receiver. Uh, Whether they go wide receiver or quarterback at the top of the draft is going to be something that we probably could tell from free agency, right? Because if they go out and sign, let's say, a veteran quarterback of like Tyrod Taylor, it sort of insinuates, hey, they're knocking it. They're not, their plan is not, oh, we need a quarterback at all costs at the top of the draft. Uh, and then right tackle is another spot I think we need to look at very closely. Uh, what happens with the New England Patriots, uh, Michael and Wehu, who uh, I don't even know if I pronounced that right. I always get that wrong. Uh, you know, the right tackle spot is something that the Giants, look, they have Evan Neal. Evan Neal is their right tackle until they get the right tackle. Then maybe that's when 
you know, the Evan Neal experiment goes and they try him on the inside. But they need to get a right tackle um, and really solidify that spot because you can't go into another season and take a chance and say, okay, well, maybe he could evolve into a quality mm-hmm. right tackle and, and have that as another weak spot. Again, they also have to fill the inside spots. So there's a couple of right tackles on the market, the, the guy from the, the Bengals. I'm drawing a blank on his name at the moment. Mike, help me out here. Uh, went to Alabama. You talking at which position? High in the first round. Oh, 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 Jonah Williams. Jonah Williams, yes, right tackle. That's a, a, that's another name that I would that I would keep an eye on moving forward here. So what what, what do you think uh, the going into this off season? Um, what, what do you think is an area that nobody's talking about besides the right tackle, which is a great find, by the way. I, I wasn't even thinking that. I thought they were just going to go with Ed Neal and kind of just wait for his development. Um, but uh, what is another area that you think people aren't paying attention to with this Giants team that you feel needs to be addressed uh, very critically? Yeah, well, we know all about the offensive line, right? That's the spot, yes. wide receiver, all these other spots. On the defensive side, look, they have Deontay Banks, Cordell Fossil, guy that they like also. He played pretty well for them. They liked him in the slot. But they need – Adoree Jackson is a free agent. They need to fill that cornerback position. Uh, a veteran cornerback is probably something that, that, that they're going to need to sign. Adoree uh, Jackson has a long injury history. Uh, every year it seems like he's missing a couple games. I'd be really surprised if he's back. So who do they, you know, how do they fill out that defensive backfield is a big thing. And also edge rusher, right? They have Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, first of all, let's see what defense they settle in when all said and done, 4-3-3-4. Four, three, three, four. Uh, but they have Kayvon Thibodeau. Zizo Jolari is now in the last year of his rookie deal, but he had a very disappointing 2023. They, at the very least, need depth at that position. Mm. And so – I do think that they're going to have to add pieces as, uh, you know, edge rusher, defensive end, whatever, outside linebacker, whatever, whatever it's going to be called, whatever system they are running. Mm-hmm. But that's a spot where I look at it and say they need bodies and they're going to need – it's a position where you want to have depth. You want to be able to roll guys in and not have guys play 95% of the snaps. And, and Jahad Ward is also a creation at that spot, so – Edge rusher is going to be a spot that they have to rebuild this offseason. I don't think a lot of people are, keep, are keeping an eye on. And it's a crucial spot. That, that's the, that's the, the strength of this team always was in the past, right? They had pass rushers and strength in numbers. And that's what this team hasn't had, right? They, yeah, Kayvon Thibodeau had 11 and a half sacks. They didn't have much at all behind him. Again, Seems like a pretty... Pr- pretty significant to-do list here, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say... Um, again, it's Jordan Renan. His report brought to you by Sansone Auto Mall. Make your best deal right now at Sansone Auto Mall. Tell them Bart Scott sent you and take an extra $1,000 off your best deal. Uh, call 1-800-SANSONE today. I know we are a week away. Before we let you go, uh, right now, uh, who are you leaning towards winning the Super Bowl, Jordan? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes uh, in a big game or in a big spot. You know, I, you can do it, uh, but it's just, just to me, that's not a spot that I, I'm gonna I'm gonna go against. And every time you just seem to say, okay, maybe the other team's better than the Kansas City Chiefs. I think we overlook, okay, how good is he at the quarterback position? What can he do to overcome some of the weaknesses, like their 
their tackles, their tackles are not very good, right? They, they haven't been very good most of the year. And he just, you know, overcomes it. And uh, I think what we've seen from them is that they had that problem with their receivers and their pass catchers, you know, like the Kadarius Tonys of the world, Sky Moore's. You know what they decided? We're just not going to throw the ball to those guys very often. <laughs> We're just going to throw it to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey, and we don't have to worry about the problem of dropping all these other guys dropping passes because we're not throwing to them anymore very often. So, yeah, I, I, I like I like the Chiefs. I, I just have a hard time betting against the Chiefs in a big spot at this point, considering look at this track record they have out there right now. Way, way to go out on a limb there, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, thanks for joining What's us that? this morning. I said, really, really taking a big, bold stand here, Sonny Mori, not going against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he's in the Super Bowl. Are they underdogs, Anita? They what are. Opened up, at, opened up at one, went up to one and a half. Now it's up to two. Uh, I'm sitting here scratching yeah, my I heard head. it was like flipping back and forth kind of and got close. So like, that's why I wasn't nope. sure. Nope, not flipping. It's, 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 See, Mike, it's... I'm taking the underdog. <laughs> Me too. I'm I, I... I'm taking Kansas City. I don't know how anybody I wanna, would. I want to say. I want to say nine right now. I want to say anywhere between like eighty, eighty-five percent of the money out there right now is on Kansas City. So uh, we are in the majority. Sometimes that's quite frightening. Oh, that's not good. That usually. I know, Jordan. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your uh, your Sunday off, my friend. All right, everyone. Have a great show. Now back to New York Game Day with a money tumor, Mike Tannenbaum. And Anita Marks. By the way, around the league, brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey. So let's bring you up to speed. Of course, uh, Chargers, as we know, uh, Jim Harbaugh will be the head coach. Patriots, uh, Jared Mayo. The Titans, uh, Brian Callahan. The Raiders, uh, still rolling with Antonio Pierce. The Panthers, uh, Dave Canales. The Falcons, Raheem Morris. Uh, the Seahawks hire Mike McDaniel. And now reports are that Frazier is going to come in as the assistant head coach. And Washington hired Dan Quinn. So first things first, in regard to the head coaching positions there, Mike, your thoughts, who do you love? Who are you like, ah, didn't see that coming? Uh, your take on the landscape of, of, of the new the, the head coaching uh, carousel. Yeah, well, you know, starting with the Antonio Pierce, I think he earned it. You know, like when you could beat Kansas City in Kansas City in December, um, I don't know what PowerPoint presentation or anything else you could say in an interview that would be more compelling than that. So good for Antonio Pierce. Like he earned it hard stop. Like he earned it. Um, and I'm glad he got it and we'll see what he can do from here. But um, that's, you know, he, and sometimes, you know, players don't play hard for interim coaches. So good for him. You know, the big egg scratcher to me is obviously, you know, Dave Canales, you know, a year ago, he was a, quarterback coach at the Seattle Seahawks and he goes to Tampa Bay where everyone thought hey is this a one-year deal Todd Bowles you know could this be a, you know a lame duck year 75 million in dead money they go rent Baker Mayfield and then the rest is history Baker has a great year and now Dave Canales like just improbably is the head coach and I mean that that to me guys is absolutely stunning um, in, in regard, I'm sorry, Amani, want to chime in, uh, in in regard to any of these head coaching hires? Any um, any comments? Yeah, I just um, I, I just wanted to uh, express like, you know, Raheem Morris getting the job down in um, in Atlanta. Um, it, it's it, I think it's a bigger thing than just, you know, um, a, a, an opportunity uh, for African-American coach. The fact that you know, he, this is a guy who's known Arthur, uh, Arthur Blank for a long period of time. 
And this is kind of how most coaches get their job. It's not like they get their job the first time they get introduced to him. This is uh, because, you know, he's had an opportunity to interview before. He's been around. He's been a head coach. He's had success. And ultimately, you know, he got the job at Tampa Bay when he wasn't really uh, that prepared for it. He had took some lumps, but still in the game. And now he's back as a head coach. I just feel like the Rooney rule is, is the way in which they try to the, – the design of it is this is the design of it, to get guys who, familiar with the ownership groups so that over a period of time they develop trust and the trust you know, ultimately comes up into you know, when they show uh, – get, get their opportunity – um, a lot of these African-American coaches get their opportunity to be in front of these co- uh, owners and decision makers. Uh, I think the comfort level is what it, it, the Rooney Rule is designed for, and I think this is an example of, uh, of a guy who got an opportunity and, and, you know, and, and now is taking advantage of it and getting in those rooms where decisions are made to where he can um, you know, really show what he can do. And I'm, I'm really proud that he got, he got another, another shot at being a head coach. Uh, Mike, uh, what's going on with Kingsbury, right? Commits to one team, now uh, reneges, and then now is looks like is, is going to Washington as the offensive coordinator. Your, your thoughts there. What's going on with Kingsbury? Yeah, uh, very unusual. Sound like they had an agreement in principle. Again, this is all being reported, but sound like agreement in principle to be the offensive coordinator of the Raiders. He was uh, an analyst for USC this past year on Lincoln Riley's staff. And uh, what's that, Amani? I said, what does that mean, an analyst? It means that you uh, you know, get health benefits, uh, free food, <laughs> access to uh, some get things. The swag. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and then, yeah, somehow, you know, backed out of it and presumptively now could be heading to uh, the commander. So, um, that happens not... It's not inconceivable, but it's extremely rare. There's sort of like an honor and a code in the coaching cycle now where when you say we have a deal and both sides say like we're good and the terms and when I say the terms, guys, I, I mean the material terms, right? Two years, four million, whatever it may be. Um, there's sometimes I'd say at least half the time there is lag on the paperwork. You know, it just sometimes the paperwork just takes time. You know, you, each side has a lawyer and you know, just other things going on. But, you know, almost all the time when there's like these agreement and principles, these handshakes, 90, 95 percent of the time, you know, they, they go to fruition. You know, once in a while, there'll be something clunky with I got involved once or twice with a college coach who, you know, maybe the head coach wanted them to stay through recruiting or National Signing Day. But, you know, by and large, you need it like these are like very perfunctory things like they just happen over and over again. And to be candid, it's not a good look for Clint, Cliff Kingsbury. Like, you know, when you agree to something like that, it just, you know, it's just not the right thing to do. I, I hear you. Uh, other uh, offensive coordinator jobs, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Getze uh, in Washington, uh, Cohn with the Bucks, Kubiak with the Saints, and defensive coordinator Weaver with, with the Ravens. Uh, this uh, Around the League brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey because when it's game time, it's Tully time. Tullamore Dew, the original triples distilled, triple blended, triple cast matured Irish whiskey. Be sure to grab a Tullamore Dew or try the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey. Glasses up to enjoying Tullamore Dew responsibly. 
Now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Jose is calling in from Brooklyn. Uh, Jose, welcome in. Good morning. Good morning, Anita. Hello, Mike and Amani. How, how are you guys doing? Doing um, great. Shout out. Fantastic. Shout out to the company. Um, don't worry. We're definitely trying to, you know, convince the guys to get this pickleball thing yeah, going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't worry. And um, as far as, you know, the Super Bowl thoughts, you know, I, I, I'm a person that actually, I, I'm, I'm mixed reviews on the week off because I, I do understand why people hate it because it kind of disrupts the schedule. But I kind of like it because of the fact that we get to, talk up all these situations and scenarios and we kind of hear those great Super Bowl stories Super Bowl stories of you know certain players falling off and everything so we'll see what happens in this Super Bowl but I'm a little concerned because everyone is picking the Chiefs even I don't want to bet against Mahomes because I know how great he is and how good the Chiefs are in this scenario it's just my my concern is is usually when everyone does pick against this, it's some there there, there there's something um, creeping in the in the opposite direction. But um, I, I wanted to know what what type of scenario do you guys possibly see the Forty ers possibly winning winning if they did win? Thank you guys. Have a great one. Um, Amani, why don't you 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 go first? I think if if, the, if Christian McCaffrey um, just goes crazy. And has a crazy game, and and then early on he starts establishing the run, and then that changes the way the Kansas City Chiefs can approach their the, the, can approach attacking the San Francisco 49ers. Um, I think that's going to be a, a major thing that's that is a is will will change the game. I don't think uh, Brock Purdy is going to be able to change the game. I think if if uh, if Christian McCaffrey gets gets going early. And that, that'll open up the entire, the entire offense for the San Francisco 49ers. And I, I don't see it happening. I don't see uh, the Chiefs allowing Chris McCaffrey to, to, to kind of make that type of impact that he needs to have to make the game uh, go in the Niners' direction. Uh, but that would be, to me, I mean, Christian McCaffrey is the key to unlocking the Kansas City's defense because what they're doing, what they did the last couple of weeks is just they stopped the run with their front four and they uh, played deep so that uh, they took away the big plays uh, for Lamar Jackson and the, and, the, uh, and the Ravens. And I think that's what frustrated Lamar. Uh, and um, that was ultimately uh, how they, they ended up beating him. You know, um, uh, for me, I'll, I'll, I'll just quickly, Anita, yeah, the yeah, name I, I, is uh, Nick Bosa because, you mm. know, Nick Bosa should be a, you know, dominant difference maker. We don't talk about him anymore. And if we're talking about a surprise 49er win, at least it'd be a surprise to me, guys. Nick Bosa, three sacks, two strip sacks, you know, fumble cause. Like, we don't talk about this Niner front anymore. Javon Hargrave, Chase Young, like, they need to dominate for the 49ers to win this game. But they really so, haven't been, though, right? Like, it's, well, it's been surprising. Well, so, so just FYI, I uh, had Nick Warner on my show yesterday, which, by the way, we're going we're gonna to play a clip uh, from Nick Warner coming your way in, in our next hour, in the 10 o'clock hour, so stay tuned for that. Nick covers the 49ers. And one of my questions to him was, ever since they traded for Chase Young, uh, this defense has been worse against the run. Um, they're allowing 5.3 yards per carry, especially when they run up through the middle of the line. And once, one thing he said is that uh, Pharrell, now on the IR, ever since they lost Pharrell, uh, their rush defense has not been the same. 
So, uh, and it did not get better with the addition of Chase Young, even after, of course, trading for him. So, you know, you, you think, you know, oh, they, they add Chase Young to the mix and, oh, this defense is only going to get better. But to be quite frank, uh, their rush defense only got worse. Uh, I, let's thought go it, I thought it was a surprise that they traded for Chase Young because it didn't look like that was an uh, area of need. But the Niners obviously felt like they knew something about their defensive front where they needed to bring in another uh, edge rusher. And uh, I, I thought it was a puzzling move. What, what say you, Mike? Yeah. I mean, on paper, I think it was just one of those things, Amani, they were like, hey, we're going to go for it. And third round pick, we'll get that back in a compensatory somehow. Mm-hmm. And let's add, you know, a former, you know, top pick who has just elite ability. But, you know, um, he showed lack of instincts, guys. Like there was more than one play against Detroit where there's a cut split. And Amani knows that like where you're basically you're singling to the defensive end, like based on alignment, I'm going to crack you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Chase Young. Like, never saw it coming. And by the way, under the rules, guys, if Chase Young had literally just turned his back to those 49, uh, those Lion receivers, it would have been a block in the back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hated doing those cut, cut, uh, cut back blocks. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> now, back to New York Game Day with Amani Toomer, Mike Tannenbaum, and Anita Marks. Is about to be dropped. It's Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week. That's right. It's now time for Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week, brought to you by Slowmans. All right, Michael, give it to us. Yeah. The same. Uh oh. Did we lose him? Mike, you there? He's on fire. He's burning, he's melting wires. <laughs> He's short circuit okay. in the pro area. All right, go. we got you. We got you. You back? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah the technology right. got so scared my bomb of the week that it almost uh, exploded here. But uh, there you go. Yeah, the, this was the uh, taking the victory lap of correctly predicting the Kansas City, San Francisco Super Bowl. Um, I'm gonna go Kansas City, 31, San Francisco 21 in the Super Bowl. I just think. Kansas City, as we said earlier in the show, guys, I just think they're unstoppable right now because Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback on the planet because he he can make plays. But, guys, like, they don't lose games. He doesn't get sacked, and he doesn't turn the ball over. So, big Kansas City win. I still don't understand why they are the underdog. Yeah. Uh, Listen, I've always said this. Odds makers, to me, are some of the smartest people on the planet. Uh, They've got connections. They know things we don't. That's what's really, look, even somebody's dogs, those aren't my dogs, somebody's dogs agree with me uh, for sure. Um, <laughs> uh, let's take Ryan really quick in the car. Uh, Ryan, got to make it quick because I've got to get to a few Taylor Swift prop bets. Uh, but you, you're nervous about the Giants offseason? Why? <laughs> yes, I would also be nervous about the Taylor Swift prop bets, by the way. Uh, but they, they almost remind me to a T of the 2016 Jaguars. Uh, with, you know, a lot of money heading into the offseason, but a pretty devoid of talent across the team itself. And I'm, I'm a little nervous about putting together almost like a, you know, like a merchant marine defense like they had and everything bottom, bottoming out within two to three years. Thanks for the call, Ryan. Uh, Mike, want to respond to that? Yeah, well, this is an important offseason for the entire organization. So let's get the coaching staff solidified. Kafka's back, which I think is a good thing. And then it's the quarterback position. Let's not bury the lead here. Who is the New York Giants starting quarterback mm. on opening day? That, to me, is the question. And, again, what did we learn this year, guys? 66 different quarterbacks play, started an NFL game. 
So I don't care just who your starter is, but who's going in after that. That's true. Again, Mike Tannenbaum's Bomb of the Week brought to you by Slowman's. Call 1-800-ALARM-ME to learn how you can uh, have Slowman's Shield professionally installed. Free Slowman's. The difference, of course, is human. All right, Mike, we've got you for uh, just another few minutes, um, seven minutes to be exact. So, you know, obviously a lot of people feel that uh, the, the, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl because it was scripted, because they want Taylor Swift there. Somebody was sharing with me yesterday, I, I went to dinner uh, I went to a great spot here in Hoboken, Dino and Harry's last night, and uh, and somebody was telling me the amount of money that the NFL has profited, like over $800 million more monies that they have allotted to Swifties. And Swift That's fans amazing. now, now $800 million. How do they, uh, now, how do they, how do they uh, quantify that? Uh, that's above my pay grade. I oh. have no idea, but would that, it, would that's... It, wouldn't it be... I'm guessing, but wouldn't it be Anita like just like enhanced demographics or different demographics? Obviously, a Probably. younger female, yeah, teenage. Probably younger, younger female. I, I don't, you know, maybe maybe they're like, you know, I'm sure maybe they're equating like Travis Kelsey jerseys that were sold. Whatever the case may be, um, there are around 800 million dollars um, more because the, the whole Taylor Swift involvement with with Travis Kelsey and the Kansas City Chiefs regardless heading into this week there are 90 Taylor Swift prop bets out there okay mm-hmm. and I'm sure by the time it's kickoff <laughs> I'm sure it'll be over 100 um here we go which will be higher the Chiefs total Super Bowl touchdowns or Taylor Swift Grammy Awards mm. her Grammy Awards are favored I don't know how much she's yeah, how many awards is she up up for I don't I don't know yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Did she have a new album out this year where she's Grammy yes. worthy? Well, she's she's apparently she's supposed to she's supposed to drop one. If she wears black at the Super Bowl, it means that her album is going to drop or something oh like that. God. Like there's this like these crazy. there's yeah it's there's all these things like in regard to like what she wears, the color of her fingernail polish. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, we'll we'll tell. Don't you have a daughter, Amani? I do, but she's not a Swifty. She's a Hooper. <laughs> okay all right okay yeah, that's yeah. good that's good um <laughs> little jasmine shout so out. yeah jasmine there's there's too. there's like all these things like what she wears uh what her fingernail polish is like something about her cats dictates by her way by the way you know her cat has made 80 million dollars no yes her cat what? has made 80 yeah her cat, cat has made 80 million dollars because her cat has been used in videos and films and uh, and, and it's, uh, own social media. It's yeah. So her cat oh alone has made, Did they 1099 her cat at the end her of the cat, year. Her taxes? cat alone has made $80 million. <laughs> it's really unbelievable. All right. Uh, Taylor Swift's plane arrives in Las Vegas over or under 8 PM Pacific time. So eight. So what would that be? That would be eight, nine, t- 11. That'd be 11 o'clock. What, what, Eastern. Now. So she won't be there for the start of the game. No, no, no. Her, she, she will, she will arrive. She could, if she le- like, I want to say, like, she could arrive like the night before the game if she leaves immediately after her, um, concert. Her, yeah, her concert. Then she would arrive there like late the night before the Super Bowl if she if she leaves immediately after. Where's her concert? Tokyo. Tokyo. Oh my gosh! Wow. Jeez. I, so, so you got when she's gonna come back from Tokyo? 
So will her flight land before after 8 p.m. Pacific or before after 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time the night before the Super Bowl? You could wager whether or not she lands before or after that. Um, who will be seen first in the national anthem? Taylor Swift, Jason Kelsey, or both at the same time? Mm, I'd say Taylor Swift. That's what I'd I'll minus, go with Taylor. It's yeah. minus 135. That's favored. Who will Joe Biden mention first in his pregame interview? <laughs> Taylor Swift or Patrick Mahomes? Patrick Mahomes is favored at minus 250. Oh, it's definitely going to be Taylor Swift. Ooh, yeah. it's plus, she got it's that plus voter base. She got that yeah. voter plus, base that, she's going, plus, that they're going after. Plus, Pennsylvania is a swing state. That's what I'm saying. Like, absolutely. How many times will Taylor Swift be shown live? Over, under five and a half. Over. Over. <laughs> you got to understand, the NFL is going after that demographic. They've been trying to go after that demographic of the younger uh, female for a long time. And now you say they made $800 million off of, off of Taylor Swift's involvement in the NFL? Oh, yeah. They're going to – it's going to be – I think it's going to be way over because they're going to really try and pump this up, this Taylor Swift angle here's, in the Super Bowl. Here's a good one for you. Which will be higher, Taylor Swift live shots? So how many times they go to her? Or Travis Kelsey's receptions? Taylor Swift live shots. Keep in mind, he had 11 of 11 last week. I'll let Taylor, yeah, I'm going to go say. with Kelsey on that. Really? I'm going to go with Taylor Swift. I don't Swift. think he'll have 11, but he, had, he was 11 of 11 last week. <laughs> I, think um, I think they're going to pump this Taylor Swift. They're going to ride what happens? The what off. happens first? Either team scores a touchdown or the Taylor Swift live shot. Taylor Swift live shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 100%. Yeah. Will, Taylor Swift, will, will Taylor be shown live after the Chiefs' first touchdown? Yes. Yeah, that's minus 500. Mm-hmm. Will, will she Taylor, perform with Usher? The, that I, I haven't. I haven't seen that on here. Will Taylor be wearing Kyle Uchek's wife's jacket or something made by Kyle's wife? No, I think she's going to go straight with her own stuff. She's going to come up with her own line. Watch. Um, will Travis Kelsey propose to Taylor Swift? No. No? No, I don't think uh, so. You mean like they win the Super Bowl, he gets on one yeah. knee at the... Yep. Oh, boy. Yes is 10 to 1. Yes is 10 to 1. I, I, let well, me ask you a question, yes. Nita. Oh, wait, I have a question. If, mm-hmm. if, if, let's say that happens. Let's say the Chiefs win the Super Bowl and mm-hmm. he proposes after the game. Total the next Chiefs. Day, yeah, wait, wait. But my question is to you guys. Mm-hmm. The next day on Monday, what's the bigger story? Ooh. No, nah, because Kansas City winning the Super Bowl is not going to be a huge surprise. But Taylor Swift... And, and Travis Kelsey getting engaged, that yeah, I think it'd be Taylor Swift, 100. Um, two, two, two quick ones because I know we only have you for one more minute. Right. Um, will Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey be shown kissing on the field? Yes, is minus 200. Um, will Taylor Swift? Who will Taylor Swift hug first? Andy Reid or Patrick Mahomes? Now let's not forget <laughs> she's she's a huge Eagles fan. She she's known Andy Reid a lot longer. Uh, then she's known Patrick Mahomes. Andy mm-hmm. Reid or Patrick Mahomes? Who does she hug first? Andy Reid. Yeah, I think so too. And that's minus know. one. That's minus I don't know. Patrick is going to be the one throwing her husband, her fiance, let's say, the ball. So I'm telling you. I, I don't know. I be surprised. Um, but again, this is just a taste of what's out there oh right now. Oh my God. Those Mike, are pretty juicy. 
Uh, Mike, love doing the show with you each and every Sunday morning. You can see Mike all over SportsCenter coming your way next. Mike, thank you so much. You have a great day. We'll talk to you next Sunday. You. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks so much. And uh, you- I mean... What's better conversation to end the show on than you know what we the one we just had, right? <laughs> <laughs>